Clark County Today Sports Podcast, Episode 5, What It Means to Eliminate Athletic Director Positions. Reporter Paul Valencia and Sports Administrators Tony Liberatore and Cale Pillen talk about high school sports, and a few other things, too. By Paul Valencia with Clark, County, Today.com. Here is Episode 5 of the Clark County Today Sports Podcast. We had to talk about the elephant in the room, the proposal to cut athletic directors from Evergreen Public Schools. Yes, there will be sports. But the sports will be run under a new system. And we are in the process of losing qualified, high-character people who love their jobs. We also give a salute to the Camas girls basketball team for their second-place finish at state, and we talk a little controversy at state basketball. Should video replay be used at state? What about official protests at state? It's me, reporter Paul Valencia along with high school sports administrators Tony Liberatore of Vancouver Public Schools and Kale Pillen of Evergreen Public Schools. Enjoy! Oh, and if you have an idea for a subject at a later podcast, email paul.v at clarkcountytoday.com. Hello, everybody! Hey, it's been an interesting uh, couple of weeks since our last podcast. We had state championship basketball in Washington, then we had state championship basketball in Oregon, and why does Oregon matter? Well, they do things differently, and we're going to get into that today in our sportscast. Uh, we also had a team go to the state championship game, and I'll shameless, shamelessly plug, I can't say that word, but I'll plug a special project we posted on ClarkCountyToday.com on the Camus Papermakers Girls basketball team. There was also some controversy at the 4A Girls State Tournament. We'll get into that, video replay, protests, and the like. And of course, we had a local story that got played throughout the state when Evergreen Public Schools announced last week that it was recommending that the present athletic director positions at the four traditional high schools would be eliminated. Again, we're going to get into all of that. But as you know, one of our hosts is very involved with Evergreen Public Schools. So Kale Pylon will be in the conversation, but we understand he is in a, a unique situation, so we won't be asking him for too much inside information. Kale, uh, yeah, <laughs> you say whatever you feel comfortable with. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate yeah, it. Got it. So um, with that, hey, this is Paul Valencia, reporter from Clark County Today, welcoming you to our latest podcast with our local sports administrators, Tony Liberatore of Vancouver Public Schools and Kale Pylon of Evergreen Public Schools. I didn't say the, you know, well, anyway, I said it differently this time. I had a reason why. Because <laughs> you are, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say the athletic, never mind. Uh, we are recording this on March 15th, so a day after the school board met, met, met. So I say, hey, we just yank the, the Band-Aid off right away and we just get into athletic director positions. Um, so the AD positions, as we know them today, are set to be eliminated from Evergreen Heritage, Mountain View, and Union. And before I get Tony and Kale's reaction, let me be the first to say that we all feel for the 150 or so, maybe a few more people, whose jobs slash positions are, are, um, are about to be cut. 140 full-time equivalent positions, including teachers and librarians. In no way do we think ADs are more important than teachers and librarians or whatever. Everyone plays a role in the school ecosystem, if you will. But this is mostly a sports show, so we will be discussing the sports aspect of the proposed cuts. Also, it has to be said, there will be sports at Evergreen Schools next year. It's just going to be under a different system. There will be ADs or at least likely associate principals who get the added responsibilities of ADs. 
And uh, then I wanted to give credit to Eli Sports Network. They did a follow-up to our story and tried to detail some of the duties of an AD. Tony and Kale, uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to, we'll get into the who's and why's and what's of, of the of the decisions, but tell, tell me, you know, you guys are used to be high school athletic directors. What are some of the duties? Um, you know, I, I read that uh, list uh, from Eli Sports a couple of times. I, I think the big thing um, that they didn't have on there is – in Vancouver, it's a good system. It's just time-consuming that we have to also um, formally evaluate all the head coaches and their staffs. So that's just something, you know, without getting too deep into the weeds with that, that's, you know, depending on the program. And, you know, you add 21 head coaches for 21 different sports, and, staff, you know, it could be another 80 to 100 people that the AD is needing to do formal evaluations of right and, and this is uh tony speaking he's uh, he used to be at columbia river doing that a great sports high so school it, yep. again it's just um and you know one thing that i was going to add and you know i'm kind of dovetailing back to what you were saying i did the ad associate role and i and one thing i you know i know kel will be thinking of is it, it's really important that the building principal work with the associate and the ad or, or how they're going to work those AD roles. Because it's not a straight, um, <clears throat> as presently constituted, just to come in and say, I'm going to be associate principal and AD, there are things that have to be balanced between the two positions. Right. And luckily, and I'll, I'll just give you a couple examples. When I first uh, started at River, my boss specifically said, and I, I didn't, I knew that there were commissioners of sports for ADs, so... I was only in a five-team league initially and then a four-team league. And so those commissioner responsibilities, I mean, you took on more, right? Right. And my, my boss at River said, you can't be golf commissioner. You're gone too much out of the building. Like, he knew that. So wow. work with your league president. I don't care that you're a commissioner. You have to share those responsibilities. So it's just those types of things, right? And so uh, last night I did listen to uh, a lot of the board meeting, and, and people talked about that, just being very aware of, what the associate principal is going to do mm-hmm. as associate and what's the and the associate principal going to do as AD. Because Vancouver right now, we have kind of a hybrid. We have two schools that still have the associate slash AD, and we have our our district and the you know the executive director over those schools allowed the principal to use some building funds, just discretionary funds to earmark. I'm going to use my associates in one role, I'm going to use, I'm still going to hire an AD. Gotcha. Kind, so, of, kind of like the Evergreen. Uh, an Evergreen model, but also mm-hmm. not an Evergreen model. We don't Got need it. to get into that. Yep. Kale, what are your thoughts on just what an AD does? You, you were an AD for years. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the list, I mean, the Eli Sports article was great. Um, the list is, is extensive. We, we've created a, uh, it's a 10 page document and it's eight point font and it's a month by month list of what the ad needs to be doing that month just for that month to make sure because there's two sides to the ad job one of them is just the practical day-to-day stuff that you have to do Um, you know your schedules have to be filled refs have to be there transportation all all of all of that's the mechanisms that have to be put in place to run and that is as tony could speak to you too i mean that is incredibly time consuming It, it just takes up so much of your day so we have that um, and that's, like I said, that's kind of the mechanical part of the job. The other part of the job that in my mind, 
um, moves from being just kind of an average AD to the great ADs, that the people that really do perform the job at a, at a high level, is you need to be conscious of building culture um, with, within your programs. Um, there is nothing, I'm not saying it's, it's more important, but there's nothing that we do that's more forward-facing as a school district than, than high school athletics. Nothing engages our community in the same way. Um, so you have to be very intentional about how you're building that culture um, how you're connecting to your community, but then how you are building that culture within your building. Um, because your student athletes, um, they will be, while they might not be necessarily leaders intentionally on your campus, they're going to be very visible members of your student body. And so if you are intentionally working with your coaches and your student athletes to create a culture um, of what is going to be acceptable and not acceptable when you when you are when you are a student athlete with us, that will make your overall school culture way better. So mm-hmm. if your student athletes are doing the right things in the halls, they're doing the right things in the lunchroom, they're doing the right things in the classroom, well then it's kind of like when you're coaching and you have the if, you know it's always said if your best player is your hardest worker, well you know you're going to have a great season because there's no excuse not to work hard. Well, if your student athletes are carrying themselves on campus in the right ways that and, and are, are positive additions to your overall school school culture, well, that just it makes things so much easier. And it's likewise if that's not the case, if your student athletes are your 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 uh, your worst behaviors on campus and they're not respectful to what's going on, um, it can turn your culture in a hur- in a hurry the other way. Right. So um, you know. An AD has to be very, and the AD can't do it by themselves, but the AD has to set, you have to have some non-negotiables with your coaches across all sports that we are going to really demand and require that our students behave in a certain way. And they're not always going to because they're kids, but that this is the standard we're going to hold you to. And there are repercussions if you don't, Mm -hmm. because playing high school athletics is not a right, it's a privilege. And so if we're going to do this, we're going to do this the right way. And it just has such an immense impact on the overall school culture. Um, and the AD is is really responsible for that. Right. And I'm going to get into that. There'll be a little bit later on some of my opinions that the associate principals who take over the AD duties, if that's what happens at Evergreen, some of them will do that, but they also have a lot more on their plate. But, uh, but yeah, that Eli sport, you know, they schedule games, organize workers at home games, set up fields. They help with security. They're responsible for the hiring coaches. As Tony said, they go through the background checks of the assistant coaches. I mean, it's, they, you know, they got to understand the protocols for all the different sports, safety precautions for the different sports, CPR, all that stuff. Every time, every coach has, has uh, every sport has a little bit different safety thing and they have to know them all. And they have to keep track of every athlete who is playing on a team to ensure eligibility, make sure all the insurance is done. You know, the, them and their st- AD and their staff are figuring all that out. I mean, if a, if an athlete gets hurt and doesn't have insurance, Kale, Tony, that, that, that can have a big effect on a school or well, a district. It can't happen. It, no, it, that's, yeah, that's, right. that's but, scary to think But about. there has to be, there has to be an adult in charge of doing that. Absolutely. And, yes. and to me, it's better to have someone who is in charge who also wants to actually be there. And uh, that's what these ADs at Evergreen Schools are. So, you know, that's a long thing. So, yeah, well, they're important. But so here's just my opinion. It is my belief <laughs> and Kale can might be able to bring in or might not because we're, I know the details are coming later, but it is my belief that associate principals will be taking over these duties 
and the details will emerge later. But um, I'm here to tell you that, uh, uh, yeah, in this case, that is the norm around Washington. A lot of a lot of school districts do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But I'm here to tell you that the norm is not necessarily the correct way. I think Evergreen Schools has been doing this for a couple of decades now. Yeah, we started probably yeah. back in about 2007. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, and I think it's great. They actually have people who love sports, who love student athletes in the role of ADs. And I know associate principals will say the right thing, and I'm sure that they do respect the student-athletes. But no way do all associate principals love the grind of being the AD and associate principal. There's a lot of turnover, in my opinion, just anecdotally. That's not an opinion. That's no, that's, okay. I was going to say, that right. is, that's so, correct. So, but, but when you hire qualified individuals who love the job and know the job, such as the system Evergreen has been using for years, you get good results. And so I'm... A little miffed at what's been going on with the, you know, I, I, I wish I, I hope I hope there's a way to save their jobs the, the, those positions I don't know if that's going to happen but um, yeah uh, Tony you, your thoughts on evergreen system and what I just described um, right I'm gonna uh, take it from this standpoint is that I'm an evergreen parent specifically a Mountain View parent okay and I emailed the board and said I disagree with with this and basically mm-hmm. what you outlined. I, right. uh, and again, my personal is I've done both or I've worked in a system that's done both. And um, it was difficult I, when I was associate, but I also had the support, like I said, of my boss. I also had support from district athletic directors on how that was going to look, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, the league and, and whatever. When, I'm, when the district told me, notified me that I was moving to Fort, I asked, can I be AD? And the district said, you just work with your new boss. And mm-hmm. he, he, in three seconds, said no, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And so he had, like I said, he had set aside some of his building funds because he, and I'll just use it like this, he liked the Evergreen model. Mm-hmm. He wanted me as a former teacher and associate to be more on the instructional side at that point. Okay, and then he had a head coach that eventually was going to be AD. Right, and so just kind of, (laughs) and that guy loves Fort Vancouver too. (laughs) Right, I mean, and I mean there were other steps in between, but I narrowed down. So, and I and I'll I couldn't right now as my job is presently constituted, I could not be AD at Fort and associate Mm -hmm. principal. Right, I I just couldn't. Kale, yeah, this is one I got to. I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds, and uh, and I'll just say this: um, you know, the the four ads that we currently have right now, um, everything I talked about just a few minutes ago um, is they do that, and and they do all the other stuff, and so um, I've taken a lot of pride in, in being able to work with those guys and having those guys in our school because they, they've done a just just an outstanding job, um, so. Uh, they've set the bar very, very high as to, to you know, what kind of level of, of service we need within that job. Um, and I have nothing but, but the utmost respect for them. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a different system. Um, and I think, you know, I guess if I'm getting a little philosophical, um, and Tony can probably attest this too, when, when you're making a decision, uh, you're, you're in college, you're 20, 21, and you're going into education, um, you, know, you have everything in front of you at that point. You can make choices as to what you want to do. Do you want to go into business? you want to go into finance? you want to go pursue a law degree? Um, if you're choosing to go into education, 
typically that individual, when you talk about their why, it's because they want to work with people and it's about relationships to them. And, and that's at least should be why you were wanting to go into education. Not saying that you wouldn't have that as part of your why if you were going into those other businesses, but you know, those other, those other industries, your, your, your success or failure is it's, it's how far in the black are we? How profitable are we? And for us, unfortunately, that piece is that portion of our business is, <laughs> is why we're in this situation. Um, cause we do have to be financially solvent, but for us, the judgment of, of whether we're successful or failure, it's about how much growth do we see in people? How much have we contributed to the lives of other folks? And so it's just, it's, it's really hard for me with these four guys because they're, it's, I work so closely with them. Um, I do feel, as you mentioned, Paul, for the, for the other folks that, that are, are looking at being reduced as, as well. Um, because we're talking, we're talking about people and mm-hmm. we're talking about impact of families. I mean, these, these four guys are, um, they're not just ADs, they're, they're husbands, they're fathers and, and this, 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 like the other folks in our system that are, 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 are experiencing this, it's having real effects on these people. And that's, and I, like, as I, I, I don't envy the folks that have to make these decisions because like I said, most of us that get into this. Um, this is, these are not the reasons we want to be doing, uh, what we're doing in education. Um, and it's just, it's really tough. It's really right. tough. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into the political side and that whole levy thing and, and what happened last year. A lot of people are talking about that, but I do want to, yeah, I, I'm also a, a parent in this school district, um, Evergreen schools. Um, my daughter goes to Evergreen high school and I, I could actually tell a, a personal story of all four of these athletic directors. And I, love and respect all of them and for what they're, what they're doing. But I have to say something about Christian Swain of Evergreen, just because, um, the, the man did everything you're talking about as far as culture. He's trying to build up that culture at Evergreen. He's in the hallways. He's talking to his athletes. He's every day. He's just being a positive influence. My daughter is an introvert. She loves, she loves working with the theater. She is not into high school sports at all. She likes going to pro sports with me and mom and all that stuff. We, we travel and do all that. But as far as high school sports, she's not an athlete and she's not even someone who goes to games very often or at all. She brings nothing to the table to Christian Swain, you know, and that's not a, that's not a rip on either one <laughs> sure, of them. Sure, they no, have I, just different worlds. <laughs> Christian Swain has told my daughter several, several times, you ever need anything, you come into my office. You need five minutes to break, come into my office. Cause it can be overwhelming for, for my daughter at times at school. She has a friend in Christian Swain, and Christian Swain has done that, you know, she's now a junior in high school, so, so well, I guess two, two and a half years now with the whole hybrid thing, whatever, that, that one year. But anyway, my point <laughs> is, is that Christian knows who my daughter is because he's walking around the halls and he talks to everybody. It's not just athletes who he cares about. He's in charge of athletes, but he cares about the entire school. And I think you could probably say that about all four of these guys. No question. Yes. In schools. And so I'm, I'm still hoping that something works out. And I know there's a possibility of reassignments or whatever, and that, that those details will come. But um, yeah, we'll learn more about that later. But uh, yeah, please remember there will be sports next year and there will be people running those sports. It just might be under a very different model. Is that correct? Yes, we will have we will have sports next year. And in fact, um, we're not cutting any of our programs. Right, so. right. So, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to move on now, I guess. To, to, yeah. oh, Just as a side sorry, note real quick, Tony, did you Tony. see um, uh, Woodland Public Schools also 
um, right, right. That they didn't pass their May levy, that they would cut some of uh, Paul Huddleston's athletic duties. Who's the current athletic director? Yeah, you know. And so, but I, I, you know, I worked with Paul a little bit um, before, and he had been in the classroom before. Mm-hmm. So he would go back to that hybrid. He'd maybe be a teacher for a little bit and run right. the athletic department. Also mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, yes, you know. So yeah, it's 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 happening all over. Um, yeah. I, I, I meant to stay away from the Pollock, but I am going to say one thing is that that one though at Woodland that that's a if the levy or, or if whatever they're voting on doesn't you know it's a levy it's a levy it's May, so, mid-May, yeah, I think. if it fails then this might happen yes. or yeah and they also said yeah. they would like you know what Kill was saying mm-hmm. they're going to have sport they would they would cut uh, I think the article said C teams right so yeah I mean, even JV teams I think too didn't it or. It said anything. I thought it said anything below JV. Oh, and oh, I thought it said okay. Got it. Maybe and then yeah. transportation, which right. was already an issue for a lot right. of schools. And no, yeah, Kale, don't look at me on this one. I'm just talk- I'm just looking at Tony and talking to Tony. You're not even in the room, <laughs> Kale. But 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 the difference there is that Woodland is saying if the levy doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. In this case, they actually told us last year, as parents of Evergreen parents, they told us last year if the levy fails, these jobs will be gone. But if the levy passes, these jobs will be saved. And here we are a year later, and, and I, the jobs and are I, not saved. So I'm a little miffed about that. But I brought I don't, that up in my letter. I do I, not want to bring that up with uh, Kale. Sorry. <laughs> so, but, I brought uh, that up in my letter. As a, as a citizen of the district, I exactly. said, hey, when I voted yes twice. Right. You guys said. These you know, jobs and, would be protected. And I, and I, what I told the board is that I'm worried about, you know, because I'm going to support public schools, right? Right. And I believe they're doing, it, it's like, like Kel said, this is the bad part. They want to lessen the impact on kids. I get that. But Kel's also right, and this will sound flippant and I don't want it to, we're not getting 4,500 people at our open house in September. Mm-hmm. You are getting 4,500 people at a Union Canvas football game, at a Mountain View Union football game, right? And those are the – and so what, as an AD, I learned, or even as a coach, we can't – well, we have to do a better job with the culture. It's not extracurricular. It's co-curricular. Mm-hmm. This is sometimes what keeps kids at school. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean. Right? And, you know, and I know you mentioned Swain. Obviously, I, you know, I worked with Swain um, at River – um, I worked with Adam uh, on on multiple occasions, both as a th- as a three AAD and then as a two AD. And um, you know, I, I don't know Jason th- that well or Jamal, but I mean, they do the work, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and Jamal was up front saying, like, this was my dream job. Yep. Right, and so. Th- yeah, those th- those are that personal side, and that's you know yeah, I, his dream I have, job lasted seven months or whatever it is. Right, yep. and I hope that he I hope that he lands on his feet. Sounds like he will. The, I, there's some people I work with daily, and they say he's he's a great person. He'll land on his feet. Yep. So. Yep. All right, let's get to yep. state basketball though, <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about a, a championship, almost a championship moment, a championship character moment. That you know, Camus Camus girls basketball team. Made it to the finals. They fell a win short of the title, but they still finished with the program best second place trophy. And um, and yeah, I think they well not think I know they were the best Clark County team this year in all the classifications and, and boys and girls. And your thoughts, Kale, on Camas uh, Cam- basketball and just what you, what you saw from them. Um, w- one of the most talented, well coached teams I think we've ever seen in Clark County. Um, and it just kind of goes to show you it. 
it is hard to win a state championship. You might be the best team, and it doesn't mean you, – you still have – the, the break's got to go your way. And, right. um, you know, really impressive that – because it looked like the breaks weren't going to go their way when they had to play Woodenville so early. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just – it's tough. But um, shouldn't take anything away from those kids uh, or, or, or that coaching staff at all. I mean, just, just, just an impressive team to watch. Right. Tony? And I, I didn't see them play this year, but I followed them a lot, and I know a couple of the coaches, and, you know, just the info I got from them, I would just say to what Kel said, ditto, they'll be back. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, and I know there's always that that initial disappointment mm-hmm. of, you know, gosh, we got so close, but they'll, you know, that that's an unbelievable season. Yep. And they'll be back. So One senior on the team who right. blew out her knee in the, play, in the I think, the bi-district tournament, so she didn't play at all in the state tournament. And, well, you know, she, she was a reserve who played a lot because they had a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of games in the regular season where they won handily, but she was not so-called, you know, the main rotation, I wouldn't say. I don't, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. She was, but yeah. my point is they've got seven in the main rotation and they're all back next year. Right. So, they're, they're, yeah, we're, we're going to hear a lot from Camus basketball in the next few years. So, um, um, and then yeah, now for my plug, <laughs> if you want a behind-the-scenes view of the Camus girls basketball team at State, you can do a search for Camus basketball in the Dome. We uh, posted that story last week on ClarkCountyToday.com. It's a 23-minute video with interviews and extra coverage from the Camas girls basketball team. I was allowed extra access, including team room speeches before and after games, even after the loss. We're pretty proud of the product. Hope you check it out. Kale, Tony, you guys used to be on coaching staffs. Would you have liked a nosy journalist like me to be around you at all times pretty much for three days straight? Uh, no, <laughs> I was going to say no, but I would make uh, some amendments for you, Paul. Oh, That's, thank yes, you, thank I, you. Obviously, I, yeah, I would have trusted you, Paul. Yeah. Um, I so when I watched it, I kept thinking, I watch Hard Knocks. I'm sure you guys. I was going to say it has well. a little bit of that. Yeah. And so I was reminded of the season that that they did with Cincinnati and Joey Porter was playing for Cincinnati, which was weird enough in, <laughs> him in, in a Cincinnati uniform. But right. But he wouldn't like. When they brought the camera into the locker room and whatnot, he, was, he just kept turning their back, his back to them. He's like, "You don't belong in here. You don't. You don't belong in here." Mm-hmm. And it, it was very well done. And and those kids have a lot to be proud of. And it was it was evident why they're 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 tight as a unit. But I kind of as I was watching it, because I was kind of I kind of felt like I don't belong in here. Right. This this locker room is a sacred place. So it was well done. It was just I got I kind of got a little that coach came out. Yeah, right. it was yeah. like it was like like no, I'm not supposed to be in here listening to Scott talk to them, but which he was awesome. Um, and I I really appreciated his interview with you after the title game, mm-hmm. um, which I've done that with you after I've lost a state title game. Yes. And it's one of the most it's one of the most difficult interview processes to go through and he handled himself great. In that same building. In that same <laughs> oh, it building. Was. Yes, it Gosh. was. I didn't even think of that. And in that in that hallway you can't really tell, but the locker rooms going going to the locker rooms, it's so dark and dreary at yep. the dome. And especially if you've lost, it just feels like you're, you might be inside away from the elements, but it just feels like a black cloud is over you. Yes. And we actually got a photo. It's, a, it's in my video because I, I took video of the girls going into that area. And there's a great photo by Heather Tiannan on, on our site up that shows them doing that. They're walking, you know, they got their arms around each other, but they just it's just a gloomy, doomy place when, you, when you've lost. So, yeah. Tony, what do you, yeah, as a, as a former coach, what would you think if someone no, was in, I, in Well, I, again, um, this is, I guess, the 
podcast where I'll agree with Kale. I mean, it was just, it was adding, and I understand the journalist part, but adding somebody like that, it, it's not, to me, it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what I think what Kel was getting at. It's just, it's kind of a different setting. And, and at least the coaches that I worked with, I know they would have said stuff differently. Mm, okay. I, they just would have. Sure. So I don't know if any, I don't know if Scott said anything different. The rule was in the locker area, the locker team room or whatever. The rule was I didn't speak, and I did not interview anyone in that spot. So sure. I, th- that also was for the rules for the other journalists because other journalists probably didn't like seeing me go in there either. You know, sure, and sure. Right. so I promised them that I will not interview anyone in there and I will not keep anyone in there any longer than they normally would have. Cause when they come out, that's when you get interviewed by the, did the somebody journalist. actually question you on that or were you just trying to be, I was preemptive with uh, professional. I was preemptive yeah. with, with our friends yeah. across the way in Clark County here. Yeah, uh, no, okay. But, that makes but there were a couple of journalists up there that I, I told them, don't worry. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm not interviewing anybody before you have a chance to. It got a little weird after the state championship game, but uh, yeah. but that was that was also because all of us journalists we're all adults and we're trying. We also understand that the athletes themselves are dealing with something terrible. They just lost, so uh, so some of some of the journalists wanted to give a little bit more time, right. and I get that. And obviously, I didn't give any time, but I didn't do any interviews in locker. But I was right there with them, and so it was a little awkward because you know in that regard, but. I got, I think it's a 32 or 33 second clip of them in the team room after that loss. And as soon as I turned off that camera, I got out of there. I didn't stay there for another four or five minutes getting more stuff. So I I got out of there as soon as I could. But I'll I'll qualify my remarks too by saying, you know, we're going to watch the NCAA tournament starting this week and there's going to be cameras in the locker room. Right. And they, right. It's just kind of, it's different now. Mm -hmm. That's something that we do. And I, yeah. And I got to say publicly again, thank you, Scott Thompson and the Camus papermakers and the athletic director, because, because <laughs> no, I had to get, I got this oh, cleared I'm weeks sure. in advance. Uh, well, I, I didn't get it cleared. I, I asked weeks in advance and me and Scott worked and we talked to the AD and we, you know, everyone was on board if we followed these rules, but it was also just fun going to like the shoot arounds and, mm-hmm. uh, and the, you know, being there for practices and then going to the hotel lobbies and interviewing the players and getting to know them a little bit more than just basketball. So how... I mean, what did you get it down to? Is it 25 minutes, roughly? It's about 24 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So how many, how much did you edit out? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So that's... Yeah, I mean, there's there's oh, well over an hour over and a half. Are you over 10 hours? Oh. Hour and a half or two hours of okay. video is my guess. I mean, well, heck, just the yeah. just the player interviews is probably 45 minutes. There's 11 of them, and I... Oh, okay. And so it's you probably four or five minutes per I'm interview. I haven't watched it yet, so... Sorry. so well, and the other thing and is... And we, we did not use 45 minutes worth of player interviews, I can tell you that. Right. So just, the other thing that'll be cool, those kids... 10, 15, 20 years from now, right. that's going to be awesome for them to have that. I hope so. I hope so. That's what, you know, we wanted that. And of course, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, if they would have won, more people would have watched the thing. You know, they didn't win, but, you know, enough people are watching it. And, I, and I've gotten some feedback on that. And, and a few parents have said they're going to love this in 10 or 15 years, even if they don't love it now. So, right. And that's, that, I agree that's with cool. that. I think so. that'd be cool to look back at. Right. So, uh, so that was that plug. Uh, all right, the format. I uh, I think I looked the man. The seating committee. Uh, five of the six number ones in state basketball won the state championship, and then the number four East Lake Wolves beat the number two Camas Papermakers in the finals. So that was, you know, that was quote the only miss. I, I hate saying miss because. 
you're, you're not right. there to just between number four a, and number be, one in a be, foray. That's, yeah, you know, that's still that's pretty darn good. Yeah, um, and then uh, what is it? In uh, I think four. I said number two seeds, but I think it's four number one seeds won it all in boys basketball. Um, a two beat a five in three A and a six beat a four in two, uh, in two A. So. But uh, and in no case did a team lose a state tournament game and then win a state championship, which is possible in this crazy state. Right. We but talked that, about that last time. That did yep. not happen this year. So, uh, but also possible is one playing number two in the quarterfinals, and that did happen to the Camas Papermakers. They um, that is impossible in Oregon. So I, some of you may know, but I, I get to uh, help out with my colleagues in Oregon. I help cover the Oregon tournament, the six A at Child Center, and I just it's fun to see the differences in different weeks. So in, in Oregon, only the final elite eight, make it to the final destination and they do 32 teams, make the state. So it's 32 ver- and they seed them all. So it's 32 versus one, okay. 31 versus two. And they're played at the home sites of the better seeds. Now we know what that means. We know one is going to crush 32 and two is going to crush 31. There, there are no upsets there. There just aren't. But after that, who knows what happened? Um, but what it means is that if you win two games at those home sites, the round of 32 and then the sweet 16, then you go to the child center or in this case, in six, a, you go to the child center in Portland and you're seated where you are, you know, where you've been at the beginning. So you will never fa- If you are number one, you're not facing number two until you get to the finals. Right. Or unless you lose, you both lose and you're in the constellation. And so you got that. And I'm wondering, I know that things are going to change in Washington. They have to, the Tacoma dome's getting really expensive. I'm not saying for sure we're, you know, we are leaving the Tacoma dome, but I know there's going to be a lot of options out there. What do you guys want to do in the future? You know, Kale? I don't know. I, I'd like to see something. There was some talk um, before COVID because we were having the same conversation about, you know, look, needing to look at, at doing something different um, about doing Final Fours, but doing Final Fours with multiple classifications, yeah. right? So you're putting three, maybe four classifications, Final Fours in the same, in the same facility, mm-hmm. um, which I don't. I see the, the the positive side to that is, you know, just Joe Fan, who wants to show up. I mean, you show up and you're watching the best teams. You're, right? watch, you're watching yeah. four four semifinals or eight. How many ever classifications we put there? You're, all you're watching is, is semifinals and finals. Um, so that that's great. I don't know how if that's great for kids and the experience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that say the Camus boys got to have or the Union boys got to have going on playing in this Comodome, even though they didn't get a chance to play for a state championship. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we got to – if we're not going to go back to the 16-team tournament, we've got. I think we've got to think outside the box with what we're right. going to do. And I don't know what that answer is. Well, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the round of 12 games. because. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, they did go. Union and Camus did get there. Yep. And if they won, they, they would have been in the Elite Eight and could have won a state title. But, you know, nobody – you know, they didn't. But, Tony? Well, if, I, if, if you know, if only the tournament was the determining factor, i just do the old 16. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think right now the WIA and the D- WIA districts are making the best – of all the factors. Mm-hmm. I, I like, and I mentioned this last time, I like the, the regional aspect of it and being able to get um, some local teams home games that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned that Camus played, what, three weeks ago on a Friday night or Saturday night out of Battleground, both boys and girls. Right. Packed gym. Right? Yeah. And, and that's what, 
I, so I like that aspect of it. But again, if there's no money factors or anything like that, just I want yeah. the 16 team tournament. I want a constellation bracket that starts at 10 a.m. on Thursday morning, <laughs> and I want all those games and right. all that. Well, but unfortunately, the money is a big factor. Yeah, it and is. remember, the Tacoma Dome is, is you know raised according to Mick. He they raised the prices again on them forty thousand dollars this it's, year. It's weird to me that those venues keep doing that. Right. And I know, you know, we've talked about this before and just did, you know, but the venue piece, I saw some uh, t- tweets going around a couple weeks ago. Somebody was talking about first WIA basketball and the Tacoma Dome. And then they right. started talking about football, which is another issue with right. <laughs> championship sites. But somebody said, how come Husky Stadium, they host seven games in September and October. It is empty most of the year. Right. You know, and I don't know the logistics of what WIA has asked or what UW is mm-hmm. offering, but there seems to be, you know, at least th- there's good venues that are open is what I'm getting at, or at least seem like they're open. So, Kel might know more yeah. because... Yeah, I think the, the challenge is, so those venues, whether we're talking, um, you know, Safeco Field or not Safeco, what are we calling it now? T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile, uh, <laughs> the pink sign. Yeah, that's great. Um, He's not a T-Mobile customer. And uh, no, I'm not. Um, Guess we're not getting them sponsored by T-Mobile. Hello, Verizon. (laughs) Or Husky Stadium or whatever. Um, The problem is a lot of those venues, when you want to host an event there, you have to you have to employ all of their people. So you have to employ all of their their vendor, you know, their their concession sellers. You have to employ all of their security, all of their parking lot attendants, whether or not you're going to utilize all, whether you need them all or not. Mm -hmm. But that's like, that's that's built into their cost. So I think that becomes the challenge on how those venues are willing to to work with us. Um, I think the, the, the piece about Tacoma and the Tacoma Dome specifically does not make sense to me is why the city of Tacoma doesn't jump on this because we're filling hotel rooms, mm-hmm. we're filling their restaurants. And, and I agree with that. And yeah, so just, it's having a very positive effect on your economy when you bring the state basketball yeah. tournament or the state wrestling tournament I, there. I, I've heard rumors that Yakima, well, that Sundome, would, would take everybody if they I'm could. I'm sure they would. Well, they you would. Know, and, uh, and I don't know if that'll ever happen. But to me, I don't think the Tacoma Dome people understand that in high school sports, well, it used to be for football, not anymore, but in basketball, everyone wants to go to the Dome. It is, if you play for 4A, 3A, right. your whole life, from, from middle school on, I can't wait to play no. in the Dome. I got to play in the Dome. It I, is such a humongous I'd brand. Say, I'd say it's the best free advertising, but it's not free. They're making a ton of money on it too, but right. we're, your facility is getting hugely advertised. I mean, people are making shirts with the, the picture of the Dome on it. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. And every teen who plays sports knows about the Dome. Yep. You know, even if you don't play basketball, you know your friends on the basketball team want to get to the Dome, and it just, I don't and, understand And, and I agree with that, and that goes back to what Kel was saying, right, is, and, and I understand, that, you know, Okay, you dub parking lot, you dub concessions. Okay, but part of me also wants to say, like, you dub it's high school sports. It's like this is like you're a public facility, mm-hmm. right? And okay, and people would say, well, not really because this, but you know what? It's a public facility, right? And so, I'm not saying you dub either either Heckhead or Husky Stadium is the best place, but there's venues that I wish they would work better with the WIA. That'd, that's, that'd be cool. 
So, uh, hey, we're, we're going long, but I don't care. We're having a blast. These things go quick. They go, they seem to go quick for us, but Hey, one more thing on uh, <laughs> a couple more things on high school basketball. If we still have time. So East Lake, you know, they took advantage of a controversial call in girls basketball and they went on and, uh, beat the Camas papermakers and, and, uh, they earned that victory. Uh, nothing fluky about the win in the championship game. I can have the opinion that Camas is the best basketball team in the state, but on that night they weren't. Eastlake beat him. There was no nothing controversial, nothing fluky. However, two days earlier, Eastlake made a near half-court shot to beat Bellarmine Prep in the quarterfinals. It appears to me that the shot was not out of the shooter's hands before the sound of the horn. Making it worse, I do not believe the game clock started when it should have, which would have made it a lot easier for the officials to rule no basket. Well, guess what? The officials ruled <laughs> basket was good. A couple things from this. One, and our friends from Scorebook Live asked this question on social media. Should video review be allowed for such plays at the state tournament? And two, the next day, Bellarmine Prep players protested silently during introductions for their consolation game. This protest was planned and apparently okayed by school administrators because a school administrator was quoted in the, in the News Tribune. So questions for Kale and Tony. Um, video review, you like that idea for state, for, uh, state tournament games? This is going to be the same as whether we would let you in the locker room, Paul. <laughs> Imagine. No. That's Kale speaking. He's saying no. Yeah, and I just, like, it freaks me out at the high school level. Yeah. Like, who's running it? And, you Do know, we what, have the technology to yeah, pull Yeah, there's, there's just a ton. That stuff's right. expensive. Yes. Like, on the NBA side or NCAA side, and that's right. just... Nah. My and my issue it's a clean clean sweep. I'm I'm not for it either. No. And my issue is that yeah, even if you had cameras at the state tournament, you don't have cameras like that everywhere else. So the whole regular season and even the by district or the district tournaments and then even maybe even regional sites, it's not fair if it's only just the last week of the season. You right. know, it's just the, and these are officials, you know, making it making a tough call. And um so then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you want to add to that, Tony? Yeah, no, I just, well, because, you know, and I just think back to, you know, the the, the, the joke, especially on Twitter, is the Pac-12 after dark and Pac-12 officials, right? Yes. Those are trained officials, and how many times do they oh, get it wrong? No right, question. Right? No right? So and that's just, like, what are we doing? I don't mm -hmm. want that to come up, and yeah. that, that would just, I would hate to be the WIA person in so charge of that. I, I, I mean, I, I was in the building you know, that, that day. And it was just a buzz with the media and the crowd of what happened and all that stuff. And everyone's trying to slow down the video they have on their own <laughs> phones and figure this out. Here's, here's the thing. I have no problem with the officials missing a bang, bang. Was the ball out of her fingers or not before she shot it? That happens all the time. And you don't even, you're not even always right now because we watch the NBA and college basketball. They do have video review to go to. What uh, I do, I wish, I really, really, really believe the clock did not start on time. There's no way you can catch a rebound, throw it to half court, and then shoot it in 1.4 seconds. So I think the officials could have come together and maybe said, hey, guys, I don't think that's even possible. I think, the you know, because we've all seen, and it happened in this tournament, where an official stops playing and goes, hey, the clock didn't start, and they just guess there's been six seconds shot clock or even game clock. So we know officials can get together and say, hey, that clock's not right. Let's make it, you know, 7.54 instead of eight minutes because the clock didn't start for six seconds. We, so they could have possibly done that, but they didn't, and it's just a bad call. So then the next day, there was a protest on the court, on the Tacoma Dome. I'll give my opinion first so you guys aren't out there. Hmm. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I just... 
I don't like it. I'm sick. Of, I'm just tired of or a victim mentality. Like they did this on purpose. And what is what did Bellarmine Prep want to do? Did they want the WI to change their own rules in the middle of the tournament and say, okay, we will go to video review? I, so I just did not like the protest. I thought it showed up the WIA and the officials, and they have a tough enough job. Okay, so I agree with you 100, percent Paul. Um, and here is here's my biggest issue with it is so if if it's true that school administrators allowed that to happen, what are we teaching kids? I mean, it's you you lost, and it yeah, it was unfair. But we're going to be about moving forward and how and dealing with this in a positive fashion. We're not going to protest against high school officials. That I mean, it, to me, it just I, I don't know. I just to be honest with you, I found it disgusting. Mm-hmm. Kel mentioned Tony? culture earlier, and yeah. I, I agree with culture. Kel. This is something that you know I would I wouldn't ask the coach to do that there is and i you know people might roll their eyes at this comment the wia has an official protest policy how you can do that mm-hmm. and i would work through those channels i i in a in a way i think you know kel mentioned it's kind of shown up the officials but i would also want the the kids to respect the tournament to respect the opponents there and yep. not to and you know, and again, I it was bang bang like you said. It was all over social media, mm-hmm. and I and I know it was in the papers, and I still can't tell. So, yeah, so that wasn't going to be it. But if one of if one of your ads, Kale, had 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 done that, <laughs> you can't see it on the podcast, but there was an eye roll. There was an eye roll, Tony. So, Kale, you know, the the beauty about high school athletics, we're about education based athletics. And in my mind, that has that is not educating our, our young people and, and how to deal with adversity. And um, no, we would we 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 would not have handled that situation that way. Got it. And, and then you know to go back to Kel. Like, let's say hypothetically, you know, one of when I was AD, one of my coaches did it without you know just saying it's a split second decision or whatever. I'm not even gonna I'm gonna beg for forgiveness instead of ask for permission. One mm-hmm. of those types of things. And but to Kill's point, then we would do the education later, and you know, but I, I wouldn't want the school, whoever I worked for, I've loved every school that I've worked at, and I wouldn't want the school represented like that. Absolutely, and Got it's it. just, yeah, it, in the long run, that's not, yeah, and and again, I, I'm guessing B Prep did do the official protest style, sure. but again, it's it's still it's just and a fifty fifty call. It wasn't a it wasn't a, a you know interpretation of a rule. It was. We, we called the basket good. So, bang, bang. And, and what I loved also in this, I don't know, I'm not going to name the coaches I talked to, but there were some coaches who understood the protest and who were, and, and one said, this wasn't a block charge call with five minutes to go in the game. This was the last play It was play the, of the actual game, last play of the game. And it is right. something that you can look at on video. And I said, yeah, but you can't change the rules. In the, anyway, but it was fascinating to hear that there were people who understood how, and by the way, I understand how upset you'd be if you were a player and you lost because of that absolutely we all agree on that player coach but, fan but, yes i get but, it but the next day it. having a protest and not going out when you're introduced is just so you know we can show that the world that we've been yeah, victimized I, I just didn't like quali- that i think that's a good qualifier paul but i think again the life lesson is is it's the sportsmanship around it it's right. the respect the game around it and again people may listening to this may eye roll and you know the refs are horrible but like you said what's the wia gonna do right right, right? Right. For this time, let's look at somebody's iPhone. 
right? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah, exactly. Right, you're right. Let's see your mom's iPhone. <laughs> see how right. that worked out. Oh gosh. Well, uh, yeah, th- that's uh, that was a lot, a lot of stuff going on. I don't know if we uh, want to even get into. Did you guys follow the World Cup? Of, is it called the World Cup of? Ba- oh no, it's not the, the World, World Baseball Classic. World Baseball Classic. Yes, okay. I follow. Yeah, yes. you do follow it. So yes. I was right when I teased you. I teased these guys in an email. I was like, I, I think Tony would be the only one in the world who's following this. Not the only one in the world. Come on. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but I, just, I just can't get into it because the player. It's like. It, it just doesn't seem like it's, it's fun, and I want I want quote unquote real baseball as early as possible. Oh, and that's what we that's get. That's a great answer. That's what we get. That's a great answer. I follow it. I give it a cursory watch, mm-hmm. um, and I, I the only thing I'll say about it right now when they get into kind of the finals round, sure. and then it gets really intense. That 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 changes a little bit. But my observation so far is one: I'm really glad there's a Mariner. There's no Mariner pitchers throwing. Right, uh, brashes. So it, well, I mean, it's starters. I it's guess starters, is what, okay. is what I'm looking right. at. Yeah, because they're not ready to throw throw that intensity level yet. And two, Great Britain has the worst uniforms ever. <laughs> I love I love Twitter about that. That was such a great two days worth of great uniform threads. Exactly from the serious to the sacrilegious. So it was good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Well, anything else you got, Tony? Kale? I'm good. No. All right. Well, Appreciate it. this was a interesting one. And I, I guess we can kind of wrap out, wrap up and say uh, to all the people that uh, throughout the county who, whose jobs are kind of on the line with levies or school board decisions or superintendent decisions, whatever it's called, we're thinking of all of you. And uh, just want to say until next time, Kale, Tony, and I say thank you for listening. <laughs>